The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday. Uh, no, it's Tuesday. Tuesday, October 6th. Sorry. I wish it was Friday. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, we just wrapped and up. These games would have been played on Thursday. This is, Brinson, you've already thrown everything off. Yeah, Breach, I screwed it up. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think it was the timing. Usually we, on a Thursday, we're a little more like, everything's done for the week for the most part. We're relaxed. We'll start recording a little bit later, aloof. And so it's, you know, it's 1230 we're recording this. We had a double header on Monday night. We're going to break down both the Patriots and Chiefs matchup as well as the Atlanta Falcons and Green Bay Packers matchup. Both games were equally delightful. I would say that, you know, the ESPN game just as delightful as the CBS game in this particular instance. You know what? I'd love to see the numbers on what happens when you play Monday Night Football at 7 p.m. As a middle-aged father who has to podcast after the game, my goodness, that game was over at 9.30. Can you imagine being done at 9.30 p.m. Eastern? Imagine right? being on the West Coast. It's 4 o'clock the game starts. I mean, I would I would move to California just for that. Uh, do you guys remember back in the day when Monday Night Football started at like 9.15? Uh, I was thinking about that as this second game started at 9 o'clock. But weren't we, in co- like, weren't we like college age when that happened? I wasn't. <laughs> you were too young or you were too old? Yeah. Right, you had you had already migrated to your mid forties or whatever. I had already had my first hair. Whatever uh, world hair you live in. Uh, let's get to the first game first, not because it was a CBS game, um, or because it was the better game. Patriots Chiefs. Look, neither game ended up being within ten points, and that's unfortunate. Because it could have kept a wild weekend. Chiefs twenty six, Patriots ten. Cam Newton didn't play in this game, and it mattered for the Patriots. Neither did Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Brian Hoyer cost the Patriots at minimum six points in this game, probably a cover for those scoring at home. I, I mean, they have, a cover. He might have cost him the win. I, I definitely agreed that a shot at the win, but he definitely cost him a cover. They would he they get six points if he doesn't fumble in the red zone and botch that thing at the end of the first half. Um, the Chiefs are now four and zero. Well, what's the stat on the Chiefs? The first team to ever start first team to ever start four seasons in a row. At four and zero, and also the first team in NFL history to win back to back games on Monday night. Oh, wow! That was my fun fact for the day. That's just because it doesn't happen that often, I would guess. Is that right? Look, 
the that was the fourth time in NFL history teams played on back to back Mondays. Look at Breach. Here, I think there's two interesting dynamics about this. So I'll ask you guys, what do you think is more important about Chiefs and Patriots? Is it more important that Bill Belichick managed to coax the worst game out of Patrick Mahomes of his starting career? Or is it more important that the Patriots almost beat Patrick Mahomes without Cam Newton, or is there a different angle that I'm missing? They didn't almost beat. They lost by 16 points because the quarterback Maybe played. that's the angle. He played the worst game of his career, and they still won by 16. Yeah, now if Cam Newton's there, we're having a different conversation. But here's the deal, and you know, I suspect this is the whole idea for the Patriots going in. They ran up and down the field on the Chiefs, and presumably the Chiefs knew that Brian Hoyer and or Jared Siddham wasn't going to be throwing the ball all over him. So Damian Harris had 17 carries for 100 yards. Rex yeah. Burke had it 11 for 45. So it wasn't like they, the uh, Brian Hoyer and Siddham had an opportunity to to just wing it around and beat them that way. They were getting shredded in the run game. But yeah, to your point. And there's a stat, um, I should have probably brought it up before, but uh, about how historically Pat Mahomes does, sorry, Patrick Mahomes does not play well um, against Patriots defense. The Chiefs have gone without a touchdown in the opening half for only the third time in Mahomes, in the Mahomes era. The two other times, week six, 2018 loss to the Pats and the 2018 championship, AFC championship loss to the Patriots. So th- there's history there. And yeah, big surprise. Uh, Bill Belichick's really good at coordinating up defenses, but. Again, this points to they got unlucky with Cam Newton in the COVID thing. But it, it does make you wonder why was there no plan post-Tom Brady until everyone said we're all out on Canley. Because there was conversations we were having this summer about, yeah, they're going to roll Jared Stidham. They'll be fine. Everyone's – Well, I, I th- it's a great point. Because if this is the Pats week in, week out for this year, wow. Tom Brady is doing a little hula dance down in Tampa right now on everybody's face. Stidham did not look – Stidham came in in relief for Brian Hoyer. He looked alternately pretty good and pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean, he might have been fine. If this was his fourth start, he might be fine. But, yeah, you throw him out there stone cold after no under the pressure of, like, okay, you can't go out there and just just do exactly what Brian Hoyer did, act like a maniac he's never played football before. And he threw an interception in the end zone on the first drive. That was a penalty, so that came back. Um, But, yeah, there's some questionable plays. I will say this, the the – Visual of the night for me is that a week after folding his mask in half, Bill Belichick wore two masks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, I thought that what the Patriots did on defense is at least a, there's no blueprint for beating the Chiefs because you, you, you got to get lucky. You got to, and they, look, they dropped two interceptions, two easy interceptions mm-hmm. of Patrick Mahomes and that saved his stat line. But I do think that the Patriots, they played a ton of zone. They wanted guys facing Patrick Mahomes at all times. They and they step, they eased back from the line of scrimmage and let the Patriots run a little bit. And then you know they, they weren't giving them free runs. They didn't want to get beat deep, and they ran the ball effectively. That's that's the blueprint for beating the the Chiefs. I will ju- I will say that I think both the Steelers and the Colts can operate in that fashion with the defenses they have and the running games and the and the offensive offenses that they have veteran quarterbacks who could potentially you know engineer long drives and the Patriots might fit the bill too so while the Chiefs are awesome and we crown them the greatest team in the history of football after last week's Monday night football breach I do think there are you can at least see a, like a a crack in the armor here in terms of how you might defend the how you might defend the Chiefs am I crazy I, I think you are a little crazy okay. because I think we talk about, well, no, I like, I half agree with you and half don't. And, and I'm going to go back to your very first question about what I thought the angle was here. 
And I actually do think it was, if I'm the Patriots, I'm saying, I was in this game. If Cam Newton's our quarterback, we probably win. win the game. Yeah. And, and so you throw Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham and you, you probably would have won this game if Brian Hoyer didn't make two absolutely boneheaded plays. I'm not going to hold anything in Jarrett Stidham. I thought he played fantastic. He came out, led him on a touchdown drive, his first possession in the game. Then he threw the pick six, but that was because Julian Edelman dropped the throw, bobbled it. So it was, yeah, it was complete, completely on Edelman. And at that point, you're down 26 to 10 with six minutes left and you're just slinging the ball. So that last interception was just them trying to get down the field and he got him down the field in the Chiefs territory. So I actually thought Sidham played really well. But as far as like, uh, the Patriots kind of being showing off the weakness, giving the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. The reason I don't think that is because I just think the Patriots themselves are kind of the kryptonite. I think Belichick has been the one guy who can design the game plan because saying, hey, we can stop Mahomes and run the ball is much easier said than done. Belichick's done a great job of putting his player, his defensive players in the correct spots and kind of scheming up to slow down Mahomes. Like they don't get anything deep. He's just making Mahomes be patient. And, you know, Mahomes is back there like, oh, I want to throw some bombs. And you could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated and he would scramble here and there. And so I think it's a game plan that not many teams besides the Patriots can pull off. I I think one of the stats was that uh, at halftime, Mahomes didn't have any touchdowns. The Chiefs had zero touchdowns in the first half. That's only happened three times since Mahomes became the starter, all three games against the Patriots. So it's like... Wow, that's funny you say that. I just literally said that three (laughs) minutes ago. It was like six minutes ago, but yes. Oh my God. And that plays into this entire point after Brinson made the point and I am, am, am regurgitating it. What, what, you, what, you what, say what thank a, you what a great, for using Brinson, it in the proper spot. Breach loves doing that. He's like, I'm just reemphasizing your I point. And I didn't realize it happened until you told me that you <laughs> well, made no, that point. Wilson made the point and then Brinson asked a question that Wilson's point applied to. And so I was bringing it up afterward. Literally the first thing I asked was the question you just said. (laughs) I know. And I I actually said I should have looked this up because I bookmarked it. I went to the bookmarks and and read, literally read the tweet that you ignored. Um, I will point out this to, to sort of follow up on, on, and Breach, you can steal this in in a couple of minutes after I say it. But, uh, (laughs) Brenton, you mentioned this, uh, about F team sort of, the Patriots sort of figured out. And the thing is, like, we've seen this year, like the Chargers, Figured it out, but they have Ingram and Bosa, um, and they played them pretty well. And, and Mahomes didn't look great. The Ravens didn't figure out anything, and they have Lamar Jackson and a really good defense. The Patriots seem to show some signs of they lost. But then you go back even to last season, the 49ers figured it out. They lost in the Super Bowl. The Titans lost a week before, the two weeks before, in the AFC Championship game. So there's a history of teams figuring it out. But no well, one's actually gotten over the hump of actually winning the football game. I, I was, for whatever, I was talking, was, NC State's playing UVA. So I ended up talking with uh, Chris Long for the program about this. But, like, the problem is you need these things to, you need certain qualifications of your football team to beat the Chiefs, right? And then on top of that, you still have to withstand a Mahomes, like, onslaught right. of scoring. And it's just, I think you just have to get lucky and you have to hope that you – let me ask you this. Do the Patriots win this game if they make the two? And look, the interception should have happened. Was it JC Jackson oh, and Devin McCourty? They were arm I mean, hunts. Freebies. Yeah. Bad throws by Mahomes. Free interceptions and the Patriots dropped them both. You don't see Patriots players do that often. Uh, I guess I'm wondering if, if they get six points from those Brian Hoyer drives and get those two interceptions, 
do the Patriots win this game? Uh, do they also get the turnover that the refs hose, hose them on? They got the, the Patriots got as Patrick Mahomes played the worst game he's ever played as a starter, and the Patriots got every bad break, and and they still lost by six. They only Listen, lost by sixteen. We That's give, my take. We give Bill Belichick credit for everything. Instead of whinging about the throw the flag, what are you doing? He couldn't. It was a four progress to stop. Four progress. You can't challenge four progress. And that's what he called four progress. They, they, the, the ref said he ruled Mahomes had his oh, progress. Horrible. It was ridiculous. The refs do this all the time. They cover their ass by trying to like, I oh, Mahomes' progress had stopped. I was like, what are you talking about? And, but the, the whistle didn't blow until the ball was already gone. That was the problem because they had the Why blow the whistle times. at all? That's Why? as angry as you'll see Belichick. He pulled his I, mask down. I don't know if he's in trouble for that. You no, know, his face was no. Nah, he won't get his face was red. Jim Harbaugh got uh, John Harbaugh got in trouble for it a few weeks ago. Did he pull his fine? mask down to yell? To, I don't know if he got fined, but you know now. I think special. Belichick's double mask thing was because when he had the little bird, <laughs> he had the bird mask, yeah. um, or like he was constantly adjusting it, and like it would just end up being down. He didn't realize it, so he put the regular mask on. He knew he would mess with the gator on top of it, or maybe he's I, worried about his own health. He got and, sued by a family of birds. What do you know about bird law, Brenton? Or maybe, bird mask. maybe he didn't want to wear the bird mask because he wasn't playing a, a team that was, whose mascot was a bird breach. That's mm-hmm. possible too. I like that theory even better, but Hoyer's By the way, I should point the out the first half. I should point out everyone should wear a mask. There it is. Go ahead, breach. Uh-huh. Hoyer's sack. On, our, on the Apple podcast complained about me saying people should wear a mask. Wear a mask, people. All right, Breach. Breach wasn't here for that. We were talking. Brinson got us a one-star review because he keeps pre- pushing masks. I don't want to hear about mask. If I want to hear about mask. I'll I feel go like you can say it once per podcast. That's fun, not fun crazy. fact, uh, John Breach actually has a uh, four-part uh, podcast series that he did of an oral history of uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask, the movie. And uh, you should check that out on Apple Podcasts. I, I don't, but I might now. I might consider that. Debo, can you produce? I'm sure he can. Oh, he, he doesn't have anything else on his plate right now. Debo, how's the uh, all things covered going? Better than this one? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Play the music. You know, B Mac. B Mac, great guy so, to work with. Um, friend friend of the podcast. We got to get him back on. It's been a little while since we had B Mac, but you know, He's just trying to give it a you free guys. Plug. You guys are very different. In nature, but yeah, go download, subscribe. Wait, wait, what is deep? What is BMAC? Is BMAC? I mean, yeah, he's a professional athlete, former professional. He has athlete. Super Bowl rings, Brenton. Does. I guess he's a little more motivated and regimented than me. BMAC and I have two-hour production calls on the day of episodes, just like this podcast. Wow, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Do you this like actual this podcast is Brenton's two-hour production call because he just wings it, but we're also on for two hours. Thirty so, minutes before, thirty minutes after. Basically the same thing. Um, you do real t- quick on the Hoyer thing is that all I was going to say is that the Patriots got inside the Chiefs 10 yard line twice in this game and came away with zero points because of these boneheaded plays by Hoyer. So it's not like, you know, I, the end of the half. Hoyer, Hoyer made some nice throws, by the way. Like, like three nice throws. Yeah. Let's settle down. He's on a, that. he's an aging veteran st- going up against the best team in football in the worst possible situation and made some nice throws. He's literally on the team because he's a veteran who's supposed to know the system right. and he tried to use a fourth timeout right before halftime. Like you can't count the three. You literally don't know how many timeouts you have when you're about to call this play and you take this sack. I mean, that's, that's insane. It should have been six to six at halftime. By the way, Breach, let's remember this, and Debo, don't let's forget, because this might be a worse take than 
Uh, Trent Williams, comeback player of the year, and Garrett Bradbury, rookie. He had some nice throws. He had some good throws in the game where he called the fourth timeout in the first half. Now, look, I mean, I can't, I was thinking about that when that happened. It's like, can you imagine you're, you're Brian Hoyer in that spot and you're, you're there to be the veteran to make the smart decisions, not to do stupid stuff. And you take the sack and you come up to call a timeout and you're looking around and nobody's, nobody's, uh, acknowledging the timeout and you're just on the field mashing your hands together like this in a, in a T. And all of a sudden you look up and it's halftime and you realize that Belichick and McDaniels are like slamming clipboards on the sideline and irate. And you have to go like make eye contact with Bill Belichick after that. It's, wow. that is the, I would, I mean, that, that, that's like getting a DUI in high school and having your oh, you mom do. pick you up in jail. If you're Brian Hoyer in that circumstance, you stand up, realize what happened to you. You know, like, uh, like Derek Jeter when he did his, uh, farewell tour or Cal Ripken and, and you, you get the curtain call and you just come out and you wave, you turn around, do a 360. You do that and you go in the opposite tunnel and just keep walking. Like you don't even go back. <laughs> Who has my phone? I need the kayak app and I need to book a flight tomorrow. Right. Kayak. Get me out of here. The people you still use. I'm kayak? out. Like, I don't know if they do. Well, it's been real, Bill. Josh, thanks for your time. I'll see you later. Jared, the gloves are yours, my friend. Peace out. Uh, yeah. Even though Brian Hoyer's three throws, three good throws, didn't really have a legit game. You know who did have a legit game for the Patriots? Damian Harris. I, I think called he, a two rushing touchdown game for him on the on the HQ show before the uh, thing. That wasn't right, but 17 carries for 100 yards, pretty good. Right idea, though. Yeah, big deal. I said Nick Mullins going to throw three touchdowns last night. Um. I think Harris is going to be the guy, although I will say early on, he was, he's like, he didn't have any bursty or like vision to the outside. He was just getting the ball and running into the offensive lineman. Finally, he started to sort of move and get, get more comfortable. It was his first game off IR. I mean, right. That's, that's sort of the spot they were in. Uh, Demir Bird had a good game, five catches, 10 targets, 80 yards. Julian Edelman did not. Oh, Edelman had an, that's the worst game out of Edelman's career. Ever. I, think I mean, that was horrible. Tony Romo made a, an interesting point, one that I didn't think of. He's like, okay, he always catches. Well, actually, Edelman has these random drops, but you Edelman shouldn't catch, drops. you shouldn't drop a ball in the flat and have it be pick sixth uh, the other way. But, um, Romo's point was, yeah, he ran a little out route there into the flat, but he was covered. So he probably didn't expect to get the ball. And then he sees the ball fizzed at him and he's like, oh crap, I have to catch this thing. And it just went through his hands. And, uh, was it? Was it Tyron? Yeah, Mathieu? Honey Badger on him too, right? He's, uh, I think Wait, he was, did it. Uh, he did it? Oh yeah, he did it. He made a great play and then went to the end zone. Way to go, uh, Tyron Mathieu. <laughs> really down to path. Breach, we right. got a, uh, five. I thought we were going to open the podcast with that clip. So I was actually glad that it, we waited 25 minutes for it. We got a five star yeah. review breach that just says Tyron Mathieu. Well, I had asked, played all day. I had asked Diva to pull a clip of Nance and Romo. Uh, with the call, and then we're going to edit in as like part of the call. And Debo's like, I have a production meeting with Brian. <laughs> Debo's like, I, um, I got to do real Thanks, work. Debo. Yeah. So you get bailed out. Um, Dabo. That's Dabo to you, not Debo. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Go check out Dabo. Breach's newsletter. Plug oh, that that's up. a good point. Breach's newsletter? Have you written the newsletter for tomorrow? Uh, I have not. Do you write Ooh. it in the mornings? It comes out in the afternoon. It's actually the perfect right. time. To take in all the football news. All the football news. That is sign what up you, for the newsletter. All right, so let me ask you this. Are you going to lead with, cause I think you'd lead with this, cause it's a pick six newsletter. Are you going to lead with this episode or the Bill O'Brien firing episode? Uh, Bill O'Brien getting fired. I feel like that's a pretty big deal. I think it's a bigger deal. I did a, uh, so I wrote, I told you, I wrote sorting the Sunday pile and I wrote like 1500 words. You had to do a rewrite. That's what we call it in the business. Yeah. On the Texan <laughs> Vikings game. And then had to spin it into, I ended up spinning it into a 2300 word, 
synopsis of the whole Bill O'Brien thing and then like what's next. Felt good to write again. I hadn't written in a while. <laughs> Felt good to write again. Yeah, she has creative emotions out going. So digging through old Ryan Wilson stories. You should uh start a journal. You could write every day. Um no, that'd be like a newsletter. Who wants to do that? Yeah, that's I'm trying to think what the the article was uh when Brian Gain was fired. I wrote that. I think so. You either wrote that or, or the it, well actually it's kind of I think you either no. Maybe let's see. Did you write it? No, Breach wrote Brian Gain fired. Oh, this executive Texans Ryan Wilson. That's what the title, I think. No. Nah, was it a breach headline? My goodness. Felt breachy in. No, Breach was writing about Nick Casario for that one. Uh, you wrote like, what did you write about? But in your like I was reading it, it was crazy because you're like, and by the way, there's this like chaplain hanging around the scene named Jack Easterby. Oh, he's like because nobody knew. He's just like the Patriots preacher, and now all of a sudden he's running the freaking Texans. It's, it's an interesting ascent for Mr. Easterby. It is indeed. Okay. Uh, are the Bills winning the division? Mm, I wouldn't give it to him yet. So, I mean, the Patriots and Bills still have to play twice. The Bills have a two-game lead in the AFC East for the first time since 1995. I had it. I didn't say that fact yet. So, good job on that. I want to use the fact that Ryan hadn't used yet. That was my goal for this podcast. If the Patriots had, if the Bills had played the Patriots schedule, and the Patriots had played the Bills schedule, what would be the current AFC standings? I don't know. I can't remember who the Bills played. But well, the, the Patriots have played the Seahawks and the Chiefs, and the Bills have it. Uh, I, the Patriots either four and zero or three and one. Right. The Rams probably could have maybe given them trouble, but I think that the Bills are probably two and two if they have the Seahawks and the Chiefs on their schedule to begin. Yeah, that seems right. What happens next week when I'm assuming Cam can't play next week or can he? What's the rules on that? It's it's Denver. Who are you rolling with? Is it Jared Stidham? Is it Brian Hoyer? I mean, because so presumably Cam's first positive test was at the very earliest Friday. Right. I don't remember the the. Well, and the news broke Saturday at like eleven a.m. You driving up up to Connecticut? That's right. Yeah, I was. Oh yeah, I was supposed to take my son to a playground. And then I was like, sorry, honey. Um, Robbie, the Robbie to do list when people call you to work. Uh, playground, <laughs> pool. <laughs> I do. I, hey, buddy, I do lots of stuff with my son. Sorry, I'm not. Sorry, I care about my family. Don't spend the weekend away from them. That's on the list too. That ex- chugging beer and. That excuse Whatever else you do in the hotel room. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I would assume that Cam Newton, if his first positive test was Friday or Saturday, there's no way he's playing next Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that puts it at seven, eight, or nine days, something like that. And that seems that's, that's not happening. Only a lunatic would put himself around other people. The NFL wouldn't let that. They have reasonable respect. Yeah, especially with the Patriots having a bye. In week six, like I would be absolutely, he's not playing. He's not playing playing against the Broncos. Because then then you have plenty of time to make sure he's good to go, and you should theoretically be able to beat the Broncos without Cam. I think. Maybe. So I I still think I think Breach is right. I think that the Patriots should win that game because who's the quarterback for Denver now? You go back to Driscoll. You still roll with Brett Rippon. I mean, if it's Brett Rippon, you Patrick Mahomes had trouble against the Belichick defense. What do you think is going to happen to Brett Rippon? I mean, first and second year quarterbacks under the age of 25 have historically gotten obliterated by Bill. Obliterated. Bell. Brett Rippon will, yeah, he's in trouble. Brett Bronco, Rippon's in trouble with the Jets. The Broncos should trade a first round pick for Brian Hoyer. 
Um, He's over 25. He knows the offense. Who, who starts the Broncos, Stidham or Hoyer? That's Wait, the question. Who what? Who starts? Who starts? Like Stidham after Hoyer just boneheaded his way and cost him a win. Or... I think I think he rolls Stidham too. He was supposed to be your guy from you know April, May, and June. Or Stidham is better. Gives you the most upside. I think going against Denver that they will go with Hoyer and try and a good get defense and smarter quarterback or try more experienced and, quarterback. Hey Brian, if you make those mistakes again, I will throw you my pit of shark lava. Okay, so don't don't well, don't lose the don't get Brian's stuck. response will be I wasn't trying to make those mistakes the first time, I will almost certainly make them again because I'm I am who I am. And his response will also be if I make those mistakes, Patrick Mahomes isn't out there to make me pay. It's Brett Rippin. They're not gonna score any points. I'll fumble it five times, coach. It doesn't matter. We're playing the Broncos. If he says that instead of starting. Uh That's I think I, I think it's Hoyer. I think they should start Sidham. I wouldn't be surprised if they start Sidham. My guess would be it's Hoyer because I think it's like let's minimize the mistakes we make and f- make Brett Rippon make mistakes and go win this game easily and then get to our week six bye and readjust at three and two. We shall see. As for the Chiefs, they are four and oh, very good shape. May have already clinched the division. Yeah, that division didn't turn out to be as good as I was thinking. Sure did. My, my Denver Broncos uh, playoff pick is, I don't think that's going to work out. It is, uh, on has, life support, Ryan. Has, it is on life support. Has Aaron Rodgers leapfrogged no. Josh Allen and Russell Wilson for the MVP award. We'll tell you after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So the Packers won 30-16 to 16 over the Falcons. The Falcons uh, did not cover, did not come close to covering. And you know what? The Falcons are terrible. I don't know why it took this for me to realize that, but the team that – Said they were, I don't, do you guys remember what they, uh, they said they were trotting out 11 first round picks? They had five of the first, they had five in the offensive line. That was a talking point when the game started. Do you know who their leading receiver was on Monday night in a must win game against the Green Bay Packers? Not a first I, round pick. I will tell you this. It was not Calvin Ridley. He was on my fantasy team and ended the night with zero points. <laughs> and it Calvin was not Ridley Julio is- Jones because he was on my fantasy team and he was out of the game by halftime. It was not Laquan Treadwell because he's not on the team. In fact, it was Olamide Zacharias, former UVA who. You're so close. You got the first name. You got the last name wrong. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. There you go. Zacchaeus. Didn't have an R in there. Sorry. My bad. Either way, he won the night for the Falcons, even though they lost. I actually had the last name down before the podcast. I was Googling the first name to make sure I got it right. Uh, Hayden Hurst, their, <laughs> was a first round pick. Their number two receiver, Julio Jones, four catches, 32 yards. He left. He was out in the second half for uh, a hamstring. 
you would love to look and see what Calvin Ridley's receiving total was, but he had five targets, zero catches, zero yards. Unbelievable. Matt Ryan, 28 to 39 for 285 yards. The Falcons force fed Todd Gurley the ball. He didn't run very well except in the red zone. He had two touchdowns. I thought Todd Gurley actually ran hard. Like he was running for his life in a lot of instances, but I was, you know, cause he looks older, slower and thicker. I don't disagree with that. He looks like someone with an arthritic knee. No, he didn't look like that. I mean, if, if Brian Hoyer had three good passes, Todd Gurley had at, at least three good runs. Reach, what oh. do you think he looks like? Uh, I think that, well, first, Brinson, I'm going to tie in the Calvin Ridley with Brinson saying the Falcons didn't come close to covering because they did come close to covering. Oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley did not drop uh, a potential touchdown pass in the end zone. That potential touchdown pass was actually broken up because the ball was thrown behind him. And, uh, Adrian Amos put his hand on it, and, and Ridley had it in both his hands. If he would have just held on to it, strong-armed it, you have two hands on the ball, you should be able to overpower one guy having his fingers on the ball. Also, love- what do you think the potential was for Dan Quinn going for two down 14? Because the line closed at Packers minus six after Devontae Adams was ruled out. If he goes by the analytic book, then he would have gone for two. So he kicked him. He went on it. They ran a 20 play, 94 yard, 10 minute and 30 second drive that ended in a field goal. Started at their own one. How the F does that happen? They went for fourth, fourth down twice. On their own one yard line. Unbelievable. I, yeah, I, I don't get it because they, they converted the fourth and three. They converted a fourth and two. Why do you decide after a 94-yard drive that you can't do a fourth and goal from the five-yard line? And, and the thing is, I feel like that was kind of the backbreaker in the game for the Falcons because they came out and fell flat on their face offensively. <laughs> they went three and out on uh both of their first possessions, and the Packers marched up and down the field at will. They got a touchdown on the opening possession, but then uh, obviously the Falcons defense did their only, literally only impressive thing the entire game, which was the goal line stand on the Packers' second possession. Because if the Packers score there, it's 14 nothing, and everybody's turning the game off at that point. It really, if if the, uh, the is it, um, oh, God, who's the receiver? The is it the slot receiver that they brought up just recently? My Packers? Friend. Yeah, NFL Jesus is running really slow, but he caught the ball on third down and he was like almost in, uh, Shepard. Uh, oh, Shepherd, right. Yeah. Shepard caught the ball. He was almost in and it looked like he got a fell in, but they didn't want to challenge it. And so they just ran the ball on fourth down. Like if he, I mean, that, that should have been a score and they, and the, the game's a bloodbath. That was like, the, like you said, Bruce, that was the Falcons lone victory was that stop. They had a fourth down stop early in the game. That sort of felt like the momentum was maybe had well, a hit on the goal, right? I know it was. It was in the first quarter. Shepard was like in the second half, I think, wasn't he? No, no, it was the first quarter. They the the they no, got it, was, it on. It was a running play. On the one he was ruled down just short of the goal line. They had it on the one. The Packers went for it. I think Jamal Adams ran it and they stuffed him. Right. Yeah. And then Atlanta. That's when Atlanta did the long drive, right? Yeah. Yep, that's right. But that Shepard wasn't involved in that. Goal line catch. He ran a little out route, right? Am I crazy, Breach? Yeah, the Shepard thing came later because the stuff was on a running play, as you pointed out. The no, second... the uh the Darius Shepard catch was on the third down before the stuff of the fourth down. Right. Oh, yeah. it was. So they okay. had they, they had third and goal at the Falcons three yard line, and Shepard had the okay. quote unquote three yard catch. It should have been a touchdown, but really it was only two yards and eleven inches. Gotcha. Right. My bad. All right. 
Yep. Down to right, eleven. Same page. Are the one. Um. Yeah, I mean the the Falcons went punt, punt, field goal, punt, end of half. The field goal was a twenty play, ninety four yard, ten minute drive, which again, unbelievable. The other three drives were three three plays, four yards, three plays, four yards, three plays, negative five yards, three plays, eleven yards. You have Matt Ryan. You have eleven starters who are former first round picks. Five of them in the offensive line. People, I, I think that the Bill O'Brien firing, and I tweeted this. I think the Bill O'Brien firing floodgates free up the conscience of multiple NFL owners. Are you hinting well, that someone in this game might be fired? I mean, I think Dan Quinn is dead man walking if he didn't win the next four games. Next four. Well, We've talked about this. We said this game, we said this game, probably not a win. It would be a huge gift if it was, but they have to go like three and one or four and oh. They weren't even competitive. They've given up more than 30 points in every single game they've played. All consistency breach. Robert Tanyan was, looked like the invisible man out there. (laughs) Like he, the, the Falcons weren't allowed to look at him or touch him or see him. He just, and he is, a huge human being, and he's just wandering freely. The the, the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. They well, were down to- yes, that, I agree with all that, and I don't want to make excuses because every team has this issue, but they were down to, like, the sixth and seventh string. Some players on defense, they had so many guys injured, so many guys out. So part of that is that. Part of that is that their defense has been bad when guys have been healthier. I mean, the Dan Quinn defenses haven't been great the last few years, and I don't want to dispute that, but I feel like this year's maybe worse than ever, at least in part because of the injuries. But, yes, Robert Tanyan, I don't care who you are, Shepard, Urban, whoever it is, you can't be running wide-ass open and w- with no threat of being covered by anyone on defense. I don't think they fired Dan Quinn this week, but I would. I think you give a – Preach, do you have the schedule in front of you? Because the next four games are, quote-unquote, yeah, the Panthers, the Panthers, the Vikings – the Lions and the Panthers. That's your next four games. The funny thing is now, two weeks into, the, we had this conversation probably two weeks ago. The Panthers are going to be a much tougher test. Yeah. So, you know, those aren't two gimmies. In fact, the, the Panthers might be looking at you as two gimmies if you're the Falcons. I, I think if you get swept by the Panthers and you go through the next four games at one and three or oh and four, I think he gets fired. Who do you think needs to win the, the Vikings? The, so it's Panthers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who do you think, who do you think needs to win the, the, the Falcons? Lions game more. Which coach? Dan Quinn. You think so? Wait, what's what do the Lions do? I think, I think now and then? Look, Dan Quinn's by his week ten. The Falcons are zero and four. They have the Panthers, Vikings at Minnesota, Lions at home at Panthers, and Broncos at home. What does his record need to be going into a week ten by to not be fired? How many more games until the bye? I'm sorry, five games. He has two, to go. He needs two wins. No. Two wins? He has to go I, four, four and one. I think so too. I think four and one. Two wins. Are you crazy? Two, you think he needs two and three two in the next five? Seven? They're terrible. It's a terrible teams. You think he's two not, and seven? Like, all right, Dan, figure it out. Good luck. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here's a, here's a sticker, Dan. <laughs> take, take the week off on the bye week. Have a good time. And when you get back, we'll see what happens. See if you win two more games in the second half of the season. I, I think he is. I think Arthur Blank has. My my feeling with I tell you Arthur Blank does not want to fire him in season, but if he, wins, if he goes yeah. if he is two and seven that was your theory about every owner in the entire <laughs> NFL no, no, no. twenty four hours ago Arthur Blank, Blank Arthur Blank friend of the podcast by the way uh-huh, we know I'm just saying 
he doesn't want to fire him in season, but I do think that he will fire him in week 10 if they are two and seven or probably, I think four and five, he keeps his job because you're still alive in the playoffs at four and five. He has got to win four of the, four of the, those five games. Two, I mean, I don't know what Breach is talking about with that two win nonsense. Well, I, I actually agree with Brinson School of Thought. I don't think Arthur Blank wants to fire anyone in the middle of the season. And I think he's got to do the bare minimum to save his job. I think two wins will do it. And I think. Breach, Breach. if you play the Panthers twice, the Vikings, the Lions, <laughs> and the Broncos, I believe those teams are a combined. Who all have a better record than you. Well, you're 0 and 4. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I'm just saying. I'm saying if you go, if you, if you go two and three in those games and you're two and five, two and seven going to the bye, that ain't gonna you're work. not going to the playoffs. You have the Saints <laughs> twice after the bye, the Raiders, the, the Chargers, the Buccaneers twice after the bye. And oh, by the way, you know who's sandwiched in between your Bucks games? The Chiefs. I mean, this is the team that beat the Saints and the 49ers during the second half of the season last year. Did they go to the playoffs? They traded by they Dan did not, Quinn. but they also kept Dan Quinn. They also kept Dan Quinn. Quinn bot 3.7. I know. He got traded to the Falcons. Are you kidding me? You think I'm a Quinn bot? Cause I think all, he's like, like, I gotta get out of this. If he's 0 9, he's gonna get let go. If he's 1 and 8, he's gonna let go. I think 2 and 9 is the sweet spot. Maybe 3. This isn't Quinn bot. This is a Bengals fan who's just <laughs> desperate for anything looking like a victory. Oh, two wins. I'll take it. Their schedule is so tough after the bye. That's Saint- right. Raiders, Saints, Chargers, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Buccaneers. So, Breach, if you can't win two games, you can't win, you only win two games over this cheese puff schedule coming up. There's no way you're going to win any more games after the break. Falcons are a second half team, Ryan. Give it the program. Okay. I want to hear that pep talk to Arthur Blank by I think he has to win four or five games. Yes. (laughs) He's blown two 15.4th quarter leads in the first quarter. That's not ideal. Not great. Got embarrassed in Green Bay. I mean, Matt Ryan, he didn't get embarrassed in Green Bay just because they've blown so many. Like, if he loses to the Bears after giving up 22 points, it's less embarrassing to go to, to lose in Lambeau Field. I'd rather lose the way you lost to the Bears or the Cowboys than to lose like that in Green Bay. Like, they weren't. That was the fewest points the Packers scored all season, Brinson. <laughs> they only had to score 30. They I'm just saying. Play. Just saying. I mean, there was never, that game was never in doubt. I think the, Scariest part of that game for the Packers is when Aaron Rodgers slipped and looked like he almost broke his leg. Absolutely. And at my, if I'm Matt LaFleur, who I would imagine is taking a hands off, let Aaron be Aaron approach just so he doesn't upset the world's best player is like, just don't take the hits. Just, just throw the ball away. Don't might be upset. Suggest, might, might you not call a Aaron Rodgers scramble play the three plays later when he, when he like ran and dove down trying to get a first down? Oh yeah. I guess to prove that his leg was okay, which is great news, but you, I mean, yeah. It's good that he's not hurt. He's playing great football. We're, is Jordan Love sort of, the number two? Bearing the lead here. I mean, Rodgers went uh, 27 of, 30. seven of 33 for 327 yards and four touchdowns. Is there any chance, as I teased 20 minutes ago, that Aaron Rodgers is ahead of Josh Allen or Aaron Russell Wilson for the MVP? I would imagine if the, the voters voted now, Aaron Rodgers would get a pretty good share of the votes. I would imagine- they vote after four weeks. <laughs> well, Come we on, always, Ryan. I'm just we, kidding. I know. I know. We always say uh, if the playoffs ended today, so if the voting ended today, <laughs> that's 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 the most breach dunk ever. Why am I just saying that? Oh, actually, you know what? It is relevant because we're doing quarter season awards with Brady Quinn. Oh, you just dunked on yourself, breach. Oh! Uh, 
yeah, I would imagine he would get. Let's see. So if we're doing the the breakdown for for Wilson, uh, Josh Allen, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I would say Wilson gets sixty percent of the vote, and maybe. Let's so say you got fifty votes. How many does Wilson get? Sixty percent of that. Thirty of them. That. Yeah, that's right. Good good math. And then <laughs> what's left? So twenty five and fifteen. Twenty five well, for Aaron Rodgers. Fifteen for Josh Allen. Maybe. So 30, you think Rodgers is is leapfrogged Allen? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you need. Fine. I, I, yeah, twenty five, fifteen, and and then thirty, thirty, twenty five. I think Wilson wins it hands down, though. For sure, I agree. It would be really fascinating if Russell had a great season. The Seahawks won twelve games, but didn't win the division. Or when, think... let's say they win ten games, they don't win the division. Who's the Packers win? steamroll everybody, and Rodgers is great, and the the Bills up in the Patriots. Like it would be a hot take yeah. factory on who would win the MVP because people are fascinated by like the new, you know, the new guy who jumps on the scene and Josh Allen, uh, Russell Wilson, we're going to hear a million times. He's never had an MVP vote, What? but it would be sure. Did you do any research on that? If Rogers play Rogers has played like this over the course of a season before, if he plays like this over the full course of the season, it will be really difficult to deny him the MVP. No interceptions. Russ has two. One wasn't Russ's fault. The one in the end zone yesterday was, but the one the week before to Greg Olson obviously wasn't. Has uh, Josh thrown interceptions? I, don't, I haven't looked at this because I know he hasn't turned the ball over a lot. He's got one interception. One, ooh. Rodgers is second and then a final touchdown passes. Russell Wilson's first. Right. Rodgers is it, playing awesome. They're all Russell Wilson's great. completed 75.2% of his passes. That's an insane number. Is, is that, that higher or lower than Brian Hoyer? Uh, how did Brian Hoyer do tonight? Not great. I can't do math. 15 to 24 seems lower than 75.2%. But 75.2%, if, if he Russell kept that Wilson, up, what that if would Russell Wilson NFL beat, record. That would break the NFL record. Right. What if he beats the NFL record by like a 1.5 percentage points? Like Drew Brees spends seven years gradually increasing the record for completion percentage and Russell Wilson craps on it when you're like, Bobbing well, and only throwing deep passes to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Gradually increasing is throwing shorter and shorter checkdowns. <laughs> well, and then you, right, you don't think Drew Brees cares about having every stat in the planet? When he's, right, then having Russ just throwing bombs and throwing completions is a complete slap in the face to right. And you know Drew Brees hates NC State quarterbacks. Uh, that's funny because when me and Breach are on set with you and Russell Wilson, he said he went to Wisconsin. Slut. We heard it. I heard it. Yeah, oh, that's a Dickie I V. I should have moved away from, Har- from Dickie yeah. V. Harlan. I need to get back to Dickie V. Yeah, Dickie that, V. That second, that little, oh! His- <laughs> it's like he falls down the steps, hits the landing, and then keeps falling down the steps. It's Mr. So Dickie V. Oh, Dickie V. And, and real quick, when uh, if, if Russell Wilson did break that record at 75.2%, when Breeze broke it and completed 74% of his passes – his yards per attempt was 8.2. Russell Wilson's is 9.4 right now. Like that is an absolutely absurdly amazing number. And he's also going to break, well, says on pace, he'll break the touchdown record. He could throw 60 touchdowns. So 60 touchdowns, the completion percentage uh, record, and then he throws, I don't know, but he could throw five or six or seven interceptions. I don't think it matters. He's, he's a slam dunk MVP. Uh, right. Rogers, by the way, is currently at 12, 14 in terms of yardage. 
Oh, Teddy Bridgewater right behind Rodgers. Didn't see that coming. I say, I say, I guess I did. 8.7 yards per attempt, 70.5% completion percentage. I think yeah. that Rodgers has an easier schedule. This Although, Russ gets three of the four NFC East teams toward the end of the season. So that is where you can kind of put your the, stamp on the MVP. The difference, too, is that the Seahawks defense is abhorrently bad. And the Packers might be like right around average. Right. So they, snuffed out out. The, they snuffed out the Falcons. The Falcons didn't have a comeback in them. And you know, like even the Giants will find a way to score some, like the Dolphins were scoring points against the Seahawks. All right. Uh, I guess that's the show. Hip, hip, hooray. Robert Tanyan. See you tomorrow for the Brady Quinn football show. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Pick 6 Podcast, youtube.com slash Pick 6 Pod. And uh, subscribe to John Breach's newsletter. If you listen to the podcast this long, you really like it. So go to cbssports.com slash newsletters. Click the Pick 6 Podcast button. Enter your email. It'll be sent to you daily around 2.14 p.m. <laughs> we'll have a bunch of stories. And uh, you'll be like, oh, Breach is crazy. I didn't know he ran a puppy gambling ring in college. So That's none of your business. And I didn't get charged for it. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.